0: Hey, I'm Rachel May, country singer, songwriter, and host of Mama's Cup of Ambition, the podcast for ambitious mamas with big dreams and little kids. Or maybe your kids aren't so little anymore, but your dreams are still just as big as ever. Wherever you find yourself in your motherhood journey, if you've got ambitious goals that you're longing to achieve, and you're looking to spark inspiration, cultivate motivation, and develop community with like-minded mamas, you're in the right place. As a new mama myself, I created this show as a place for honest and empowering conversations about motherhood, entrepreneurship, and dream chasing. So, grab a notebook, top off that cup of coffee, and let's turn our goals into action plans and our dreams into reality together. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to Mama's Cup of Ambition. If you've been here before, welcome back. And if you're new around here, welcome. Come on in, make yourself at home. However you got here, I'm so glad that you're here, and I really hope that you'll stick around. So if you heard episode number 29, then you heard me share the exciting news about the Ambitious Mamas Club. But if you missed that episode, let me just bring you up to speed. So Recently, I launched the Ambitious Mamas Club. It's an accountability group for mamas making moves on their goals and dreams. It's one part book club, one part community, one part mama meetups that allow us to get into action together. And if this is something that you're interested in joining, we would love to have you and the link to join is in the show description. So Some of the perks of being a club member are the private community of incredible supportive mamas, having access to the virtual meetups and trainings that are there to inspire you to get into action on your goals and dreams, and access to the quarterly book club that features self-development and growth-minded books, along with my exclusive companion podcast episodes to support your progress through the books. So... This quarter, for the book club, we're working through Eve Rodsky's book, Find Your Unicorn Space. And today, I thought I'd share a little bit of one of the companion episodes to give you an idea of what it's like to be in the book club. And the cool thing is that if you end up listening to this well into the future, you'll still be able to access all of the companion episodes to all of the books that we will have done as a book club, because the companion episodes are going to be available to club members in the archives. So no matter when you're joining, you'll always have the ability to go back and follow along with any of the books that we've been through or featured as part of the book club. Pretty cool, right? But if you're listening to this in real time, and you want to come and join in on the book club, you've got plenty of time. And we would be so pumped to have you come along and join us for the fun. So take a listen to this sneak peek from this quarter's book and consider coming to join us in the Ambitious Mamas Club. And if you have any questions for me, you know that I'm an open book and I'm happy to chat with you about the benefits of joining the party. Just send me your questions in a DM over on Instagram and you can find me at Mamas Cup of Ambition. So let's get to it. Have you given any thought to the questions from chapter one? What are you discovering about yourself? I wrote down some responses to the questions and it stirred up a lot of really uncomfortable things for me. I'm not going to lie. So I'll just read to you what I wrote. We'll start with that. So for the first question, what does your heart sing for? Ironically, I wrote to sing. My music and my connection to singing and performing have just been like a total standstill. And I feel Like, the further I get away from playing live shows, like, the more it's becoming more and more terrifying to jump back into it. But then, like, simultaneously, the thought of music just becoming, like, this thing that I used to do makes me really, really sad. Like, I'm not okay with just watching it drift away. You know what I mean? So, I know that that's something that I need to tend to, but at the same time, I really just want to run and hide from it. (laughs) Um, And then what does your body crave? This one was really hard for me because everything I was coming up with here fell into Eve's definition of self-care, not unicorn space. She outlined that in the first chapter. And everything I kept coming up with for what my body craved, it was falling in the category of self-care. So, I mean, I guess... (laughs) that's telling me something too. But through the lens of unicorn space, I was struggling with this one. But what I ended up writing down was the soul connection I feel with an audience when I'm on stage doing a show. And I guess that relates to my body, right? Like, there's this thing that happens when I'm playing a show where time and space just kind of stand still, like I can go on and on without feeling like I need to pee or feeling hungry. It's not until I step off stage that I notice any of these things because I just kind of get this like weightless feeling when I'm performing. And it's been a really long time since I've experienced that. So I guess that's a sensation that my body is craving. (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. And then what piques your curiosity? Okay, so... (laughs) I've had this idea that I've been toying with lately, ever since Loretta Lynn passed away, because Loretta was hugely influential for me and my musical career. And I had this idea to do a tribute show for her called A Love Letter to Loretta. And the idea was that I would cover the songs of hers that really impacted me and my career while interweaving the stories behind each song and what they meant in my life. And I did a show like that for Etta James after she passed away. And to this day, it is still one of my all time favorite shows. And the thing is, like, I even know the venue that I would approach for this. And I know they would be so excited about the idea. And I know the musicians that I could get to collaborate with me. But again, I feel like I'm hiding from this idea because once I set this thing in motion, and the trains left the station, there's no turning back. And it's been so long since I've done a live show that all of my fears are right at the surface. Like, what if I can't live up to the hype, or I forget the words? You know, that's a real fear for me, too. Like, I have mom brain now. So what if I forget the words? (laughs) It's scary. And I want to do it. And I also feel totally frozen. And so, yeah. (laughs) Um, the next question, what does your intellect yearn for? I mean, again, it would have to be the thrill and the challenge of creating a live show. Um, and then the last question there was, what did you give up that you want to get back to? And you know what I'm going to say, right? Like my answers to these questions, they all tie together. There might as well be like a big neon sign that says your unicorn space is making music. Go make some damn music. So I already feel like this book is shaking me and making me look at what I have been trying to ignore. Are you feeling this too? Like, this wasn't even an official exercise in the book. They were just the questions that Eve asked in the first chapter, and I feel like I'm already having these major breakthroughs. Now, have I taken action on these discoveries? No. No. No, I have not. I haven't set the wheels in motion yet for the love letter to Loretta or picked up my guitar. In fact, I don't think I've even sung anything this week aside from singing along to Miss Rachel with Wyatt. (laughs) Lord help me if that doesn't tell you what mom life looks like these days. Um But that's why we're here, right? This book is just getting started, and so are we. And something tells me that Eve isn't going to let us off the hook when it comes to taking action on the things that we uncover here. So... I'd really like to hear from you. What is this first exercise bringing up for you? Did you find a common theme or were all of your answers unrelated? Let me know either in the Facebook group or send me a voice message or a video, some way that we can connect. I'd love to know what you're experiencing here. Okay, so today I was actually planning on doing chapters two and three in this week's session, but I'm gonna be real honest with my home being like a giant germ fest right now, and all these sick boys around me, I haven't read chapter three yet. (laughs) So I'm going to make a separate episode for that chapter. But I have so many notes for this chapter as it is that I think had I actually combined the two chapters, it would have ended up being like a super long episode anyway. So maybe this will work out better anyway, huh? Um, So for today's session, we'll just dive into chapter two, which is titled, A New Creativity Framework, Why Creativity is Essential in Difficult Times and Beyond. Okay, Eve, sell us on the idea. (laughs) Um, So she starts off by sharing how she set out to begin connecting with her own unicorn space through dance, a major source of joy in her childhood. And she talks about reconnecting to her 1990s fly girl moves, which totally resonated with me. Remember the fly girls from In Living Color? Like they were just as cool as cool could be. I totally remember choreographing dance routines with my sister and my cousins and my friends in our own versions of the fly girls. (laughs) They were legendary. Uh, So Eve asks her 12-year-old son where she could watch the most current hip-hop dances to kind of get up to speed and call in her inner fly girl. And I just thought that was hilarious. Like, I could totally imagine her son's response to this question from his mom. It just, it painted such a great visual. Uh, And naturally, he directs her to where else? but TikTok. So Eve heads to TikTok and starts learning to dance. And she describes how she started to get responses from the folks that she had invited to join her in this creative pursuit as outlined in chapter one. And what I thought was really interesting was how she shared that some of the women were excited but hesitant in their responses. Like they were already making excuses for why they couldn't prioritize this time for themselves. And I don't know. Did you relate to that? Because I totally saw myself in those women. I think that's a big part of why I find this Ambitious Mamas Club so magical, because it's literally holding my feet to the flames in the best possible way. Like, I need the accountability and the energy of other like-minded mamas getting into action and moving towards their dream. That is what fuels me and keeps me from getting bogged down by my own excuses. So... I love it. I love that you're here with me doing this. Um, So then Eve goes on to talk about toxic time messages, which also totally shouted my name with a few of them. Not all of them, but particularly the first few that she mentioned. So like the ones about having less time than ever and not being able to make more time And the time for what I need to get done has to take precedence over what I want to do. And the bit about making time for me feeling like another thing added to an already super long to-do list. Those are the ones that really hook me and that I have to catch myself with those narratives and try to just like put a stop to them right away. The ones about feeling guilty for creating when there's so much hurt in the world, that doesn't really resonate with me because like I mentioned in the last session, I really often lean into creativity in turbulent times. So that didn't speak to me as much. Or the one about it not paying, so why make the time for something if it's not bringing in any money, like that didn't hit home for me either because I do a bunch of things that don't pay me anything, but they make me feel rich. Does that make sense? Anyway, so from there, Eve continues to really make a case in this chapter for claiming some time that's just for you. And I think it's a message that she's really trying to drive home in the early parts of this book, because it's something that so many of us have been trained to stifle, right? Like, carving out time that's just for you is not the norm in our society. And I feel like especially as women, we're so often praised for our ability to do it all and keep everything running, and for our constant multitasking that has become like the default setting that we're all operating on. But it's not sustainable, and the invisible load that women shoulder is slowly causing so many of us to end up burned out and anxious. So I think Eve is really trying to help cement for us here right up front that for this book and the pursuit of unicorn space to work in our lives, we have to begin with the commitment to ourselves, like a solemn vow to make ourselves a priority. And really, I think that feels counterintuitive to a lot of us as women, right? And especially as moms. So Eve says, Beware of the toxic time messages. The promised land of unicorn space will stay forever out of reach until you commit to reframing how you value your time and then intentionally reprioritizing time for you. One by one, strike down the toxic time messages that compromise your time choice and obstruct your path forward to a more fulfilling life. Who mic drop, Eve. It's hard to strike those messages down, but I understand. I know we need to do it. So Eve quotes Mia Birdsong, a social justice advocate who advocates for reclaiming our interdependence. And she says, Well, what did you think? Are you ready to come join the ambitious mamas club now? I hope so, because we're ready to cheer for you in your dreams. And in the words of Amy Poehler." Find a group of people who challenge and inspire you, spend a lot of time with them, and it will change your life. Friend, the Ambitious Mamas Club is that group, and we're waiting to welcome you to the party with open arms, so follow the link in the show description to join, and we will see you inside the club. Okay, until next time, may your dreams be ambitious, and may your coffee be strong. I'll talk to you soon.